welcome back to Crescent Moon Kids podcast and my final episode of season three. If you're a returning listener, I thank you for all of your time that you've dedicated to listening to my podcast. If you're new here on this platform, welcome. I know that 2022 has been quite a year, and in fact, we've had sort of an incredible three years prior to this, so I hope you feel like you've successfully navigated this world health crisis and that you've come out of it intact and with a newfound love for life. So today, while I want to honor the challenging times we've been through, I also wanted to revisit an earlier episode. In the very beginning of this journey of my podcasting, I recorded an episode called Boundaries. And amazingly, it has been the most listened to podcast of all of my episodes. So thank you to all my wonderful listeners for recognizing the importance of this topic. And also, I was sensing that many folks are just clearly needing help with this whole concept of setting boundaries with kids and what that means. It's actually kind of scary if you think about it. You risk your child getting upset with you or feeling angry with you or saying hurtful things. So I decided to honor you, my listeners, with an updated version of this subject. Since you've shown quite an interest in this in this complex issue and because the past few years have given us all quite a bit of added stress and it probably feels pretty hard to keep clear on boundaries with your kids during these times. In the earlier episode, I talked about how boundaries in sports or games of any kind are critically important for everyone to understand the game. And so there can be fairness and and fun and and, um, so that it can be understood. I use that analogy to talk about how important boundaries are in raising children and how essential they are for children to feel safe and secure, confident and loved. So even in the midst of a crisis or challenging times, boundaries with children are critically important and maybe even more so because the uncertainty of the times undoubtedly causes more confusion, more fear, more more trepidation in, in children. So when we think about the word boundary, you might conjure up many different connotations, but basically a boundary with children When we talk about that, we're talking about a structure within which they are not permitted to extend beyond. So it might be food-related. It could be the time that they're supposed to be in bed. Maybe it relates to what kinds of activities they're permitted to do when they're at home or extracurricular activities. Maybe it's about the amount of screen time an older child gets. Or it could pertain to how old they need to be before they have an overnight with friends It could be any number of things, but you as the parent knows intrinsically what your children need. And while the boundary lines change as your children grow and develop, you still have to be consistent and clear, and then you need to inform your children when there's a a shift or a change in the boundary so that they're not confused and so that they understand it's because that they have maybe developed more 
internal control, and so you've, you've given them some more freedom. One of the things I did not discuss in the previous episode was co-parenting and how important it is to present a clear, consistent, and um, really uh, a front for your kids to to understand that you're you're in alignment, <clears throat> no matter what your parenting situation is. So maybe you're parenting alone. And it definitely is going to be more challenging to be consistent without anyone to back you up. So I would suggest the addition of a good friend, maybe a family member you can trust, another adult that you feel confident will back you up and follow your lead when you're setting boundaries. I have a good friend who raised her daughter with the help of two very close female friends, and they chose to live what they called in community. They lived in the same house. And she was very clear with her friends on how she wanted to raise her child. And her friends were very, very supportive and they were a great resource and they backed her up. And they were also wonderful mentors for her daughter. If you're a two-parent household, you really have to create a clear agreement about how you're going to raise your kids and then back each other up as much as possible. It's important that you discuss issues when you're alone not in front of your children, because you don't want them to hear you maybe having disagreements on issues relating to them. I remember back when my husband and I were raising our kids, we agreed on almost everything except one thing, and that was the TV. I was clear I did not want my children to watch a lot of TV or have screen time when they were little. While my husband did agree with me, he was also a, sort of like addicted in a way because that was how he grew up with a lot of cartoons, a lot of TV. And so when he was tired or if I was away on a trip, it was easy to slip back into that familiar routine. It is an extremely handy babysitter, I have to admit. I understood this challenge and he understood my stance, but there were a few times when we got struggle, we struggled and life got challenging and I also have to admit that I was inclined to use the TV as a diversion, and I don't fault him for that, and I understand it was a coping mechanism for for both of us. But the point is, it can be extremely difficult to agree on everything. And as much as possible, we have to try to discuss those things that are really important in, in your mind and listen to your partner and then make sure that you can find a compromise that you both agree on. And so I think our compromise was that if he was going to use the TV, that it needed to be, let's say, nature shows or PBS so that we were, we were clear on the type of content our kids were exposed to. Now, if your child moves between homes during the week or weekends, this can also be extremely difficult. So they're bouncing back and forth between some very different boundaries possibly because you're ex-partner or your ex-husband, wife, whoever it is, is probably going to have very different boundaries. And that is probably why you're not together anymore. But that's okay. Your goal is not to try to change your child's other parent, but to help your child understand that the expectations are going to be different in each household, and they're going to be having this um, kind of swinging back and forth. And And children soon learn what they can and can't do in each home. And even if it gets complicated, which it's going to at times, you can still maintain a healthy 
healthy boundary with them when you're in your home and they will begin to understand what what types of boundaries you have and and the other parent has and so chances are and most likely you're not going to agree on everything whether you're with your child's other parent or not and the more you disagree the more your kids will find those fissures and those little cracks and take advantage of the disagreements that you have. So again, I really encourage you to try to find common ground even when you don't agree. So basically fake it till you make it. Um, so I wanted to give you a concrete example of what a boundary might look like. So for young children, let's talk about bedtime. So the, the routine might look something like this. So bedtime starts at seven o'clock. After the bath and books and snuggle time, maybe for 15 minutes, then lights out are 8 or 8.30. So a boundary pusher, a child, might complain they're in the middle of a game or a puzzle or building Legos at 7 o'clock and they don't want to stop. So if this becomes consistently an issue, you can use a timer. Set it to go off 5 or 10 minutes before 7, and then this might give them a way to kind of prepare their mind and, and wind down for stopping that activity and then transitioning. If it continues to be an issue, you might have to just sit down with them at a different time and talk about what you've noticed. You can say, you know, I noticed that every time, every evening at seven o'clock, you're having a problem, you're resisting. And so we have to come up with a different plan now. So we could start our routine at, you know, 15 minutes earlier, or, you know, you can set a time, we can set a timer, get their input and try to find ways that you can come up with a solution. But the real challenge will be you're not going to change what you're doing, but they have to find a way to, to work within that boundary still. And if they can help come up with a solution, it will be a win-win for everyone. So another child might want to, more time for books or snuggle time. And if that's the case, then you maybe just start your routine earlier. And again, you have to be clear. You're not allowing them to change the boundaries, but you're allowing some freedom within the structure of that boundary routine. So for older kids, maybe preteens, here's a, here's a bedtime scenario. Let's say the routine starts between 8 and 9. You do a homework check, you do activities overview, talk about the upcoming week, you check in with friends for a half an hour maybe, maybe they get to use screen time, um, and then screens are off. Then it's time for a shower, personal care, uh, wind down, maybe one-on-one -on -one time for a debrief with mom or dad, conversations between siblings, and then let's say bedtime is between 9 and 10, depending on the age, and then lights out at 10. So with older kids, you may have a harder time getting them off their devices. That is, if you allow screens for your kids. And this will be probably the hardest to deal with. But it is critically important that they turn off or hand over their devices well in advance of bedtime. And research shows that the light from the screen mimics daytime. And then it suppresses melatonin, which we need for, obviously, for sleep. According to a woman who's a psychiatrist, Dr. Victoria Dunkley, this desynchronizes the body's internal clock and that causes hormone imbalances and even brain inflammation. And then it help, it prevents deep sleep. So 
This is an area where you have to hold hold firmly the boundary. You have to stand your ground. And if you are fi- you know finding that you're struggling with this, um, she has an incredible website. It's drdunkley d u n c k l e y dot com. That's drdunkley.com. So of course there are always exceptions to any rule. However, if you allow for frequent exceptions, that will definitely give rise to uncertainty, some apprehension, maybe anxiety, and then it causes children to spiral into some misbehavior. So it's important to hold as firmly as possible, even if you feel bad that your kids have not had a visit with grandma in a while, even if they have a meltdown in the middle of a store, even when you haven't been able to spend a lot of time with them and you're feeling guilty, even if there's a new baby in the home or when the holidays are approaching or if you're extremely exhausted, even if they got their feelings hurt at school or maybe their team lost the game. There's so many more scenarios where it would be easy to just let that boundary slide. But hopefully you get the point because there are no hard, fast rules in setting boundaries, but the point remains they do need boundaries. And kids of all ages have to have clear, consistent, and strong boundaries. And this becomes obvious as we look at adults and how um, they're functioning in their lives. Those kids who did not have clear boundaries will be probably struggling and dealing with turmoil when they're adults. And those kids who had parents who did create a, a, their best version of a consistent boundary maybe will possibly struggle emotionally during the process of growing up because they're pushing at those boundaries. But when they're grown, they will have a healthy sense of self and they'll see the full benefits of the love their parents had and the reasons for those strong boundaries. So I hope this has been helpful, Um, a good review and a good reminder possibly. Um, Remember, always get help when you feel like you're in over your head. Seek support when you need it. Reach out to family, friends, people you trust for guidance and feedback. And remember, you don't need to, nor should you, use rewards or punishments to maintain consistent boundaries. No means no, and it's okay if your child gets upset. This too will pass and you will both come away with a sense of confidence in your relationship and your child is going to feel less and less the need to push the envelope when your consistency gives her the safety net she needs. So again, boundaries are critically important. Thanks so much for listening and until next season, goodbye.